From the Department of Surgery at the University of Wisconsin, welcome to The Surgery Set. I'm Jonathan Kohler, an assistant professor in pediatric surgery here in Madison, home of the Badgers. This is a podcast all about surgery and the individuals who are at the cutting edge of it, and we're glad you're here. Today on The Surgery Set, we welcome a surgical power couple, Dr. Chip Foley, who's professor of surgery and chief of the Division of Colorectal Surgery here at UW-Madison, and Dr. Laurel Rice. She's chair of the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology here at UW. Dr. Foley specializes in colorectal surgery, treating conditions such as colon and rectal cancer, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, and diverticulitis. Dr. Rice is a gynecologic oncologist and a passionate advocate for women's health. Together, they've been an incredibly successful two-surgeon couple. They've been married for 31 years and have managed to juggle children, marriage, and all the other household obligations while still both thriving in the medical field. In Grand Rounds today, they talked about the benefits and drawbacks of being a two-surgeon family and interviewed many of our other two physician partners, of whom we have a lot. You can get a link to that talk on the Surgery Set website at surgery.wisc.edu slash podcast, and I recommend checking it out. But in the meantime, it's a pleasure to welcome Dr. Chip Foley and Dr. Laurel Rice to the Surgery Set. Dr. Rice, Dr. Foley, welcome to the Surgery Set. Thank you so much for joining us here today. And uh, thank you for a great talk on um, that you gave in Karen Rounds about uh, two surgeon couples. Um, really a fascinating topic and, and something I think that, Dr. Foley, you pointed out is something that Wisconsin is fairly unique uh, with in terms of just the number of of two physician and two surgeon couples that we have here. Yes, it is. I think uh, the Department of Surgery at the University of Wisconsin and also the organization as a whole is unique uh, in supporting uh, two physician families. Um, as I said in the grand rounds, uh, when we were at Virginia, I think Laurel and I were really the only uh, two surgery career family uh, there uh, during the 14 years that we were there. Uh, coming here and thinking about uh, the topic, uh, there was there are eight couples presently in the Department of Surgery who are two surgeon uh, couples, uh, and we've actually just added uh, two or three more in the last year or so. So, and I think that that is really a unique culture, and I think that culture, to a large degree, uh, is the result of uh, uh, the vision and the priorities of our past chairs, being Rickers uh, and others who uh, spent a lot of effort recruiting uh, a number of people in the department, including uh, uh, couples where both surgeons were uh, interested in joining the department. And Dr. Rice, you, you go through sort of the data such as it is about what it means to be a, a two physician or and then a two surgeon couple specifically and, and what we what we know about that, which is that it is a slightly different animal, right? It's yeah, it, it definitely is. And <clears throat> I think um, I'd like to comment first on the fact that uh, I think this culture at the University of Wisconsin does start from the top. And our dean, Dean Golden, really in the last 11 years uh, has done an amazing job of having the all the entire organization embrace sensitivity around this issue and understand what it means to... Uh, recruit uh, women and men and underrepresented minorities, and, uh, and so it's it's certainly the Department of General Surgery here is exceptional in terms of two surgeon couples, but at at a higher level, I think institutionally there's a lot of attention paid to this. Uh, specifically, uh, talking about the data from the one paper I quoted, it is it, and it there's no shock there. 
it's more complex to have two surgeons um, as it relates to child care and raising children and work-home conflicts and work conflicts. And the data in that survey supported that. I'm sure that wasn't a surprise to most people in the room. I think that point about recruiting and having an institution that believes in this is really important, too, because I, I know when I came here, my wife is an attorney. She was a partner in a litigation firm. And so my recruitment was, you know, for a surgeon, but there is no litigation department that she could be separately recruited for. So the way that you, I mean, I guess an advantage of a university is you can create those opportunities for spouses. The downside is this notion of the quote-unquote trailing spouse. When my wife first heard that term, there were some fireworks. Yeah. I think, and I, I personally am extremely fortunate in that Chip and people figure this out in short order, is he is much more talented than I am. So it wasn't as if they were getting a bum deal. You know, in short order, the organization realized that, you know, you know, I'm married to someone who is not only a wonderful person, but a gifted surgeon and educator. So that, for me, um, makes it very easy. Yeah, it'd be different if it was otherwise. I think the success of that too, Jonathan, really goes back to leadership. And I remember um, when we came here for recruiting um, that Bing Brickers, the chair of the department at that time, uh, made a significant effort in his interactions with me to um, alleviate any concerns I had about being the, quote, trailing spouse. And we talked, it was all about what I could do for the department, what my opportunities were in the department. Uh, and I think it was really the strength of those conversations that then made me understand that this would be a safe and, and potentially positive move for me to come, despite the fact that our initial foray into coming to the University of Wisconsin was my wife's recruitment to be the chair of OBGYN. And that was very important. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And one of the things you talk a lot about, and actually you recruited many of the other faculty in the department who are married to... Uh, participate in a, in a video collage that I won't bother describing. People can go and take a look at it, but it's it's remarkable. You get you see sort of not only the the, the number, but the range of um, of stories that people have about what it's like to ha- to have a physician spouse and how people make that work. And there are, there are a bunch of pragmatic tips that that they and you um, discuss in the video. But maybe you could just sort of review some of those for us about how how you make it work, right? In a in a lifestyle where both people in the marriage with children are leaving home in the middle of the night or, you know, Dr. Foley, I come in in the morning and you're here and I leave at night and you're still here. So I think it's a matter of setting priorities, which is probably true in any complex life, um, balancing two careers and family. Um, so I think prioritization of those things that are most important, I think, is 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 key. Um, you heard a lot of testimony to uh, in that prioritization, trying to jettison whatever time and effort is spent doing things that aren't of a high priority personally, um, and paying other people to do those things. I think is one specific strategy around that. And I think you also heard from people, which I agree with, the notion of being flexible and being able to make compromise because ultimately in the day it's it's clear that if the only priority was one individual career and there was no other priorities then most of us would probably be more productive and be able to be, have more in terms of our career 
but to understand that concessions and some compromise probably need to be made in order to have the other things in your life that are important to you also be healthy, like your spouse's career, like your family and your children. And so I think those are some of the things that uh, keeping in mind, I think, has been helpful to us in terms of being able to navigate this successfully. Yeah, I mean, that's perfectly said. I think the only thing I would add to that is um, capitalizing on individual strengths as a couple. Uh, I think Chip and I have done that pretty well. He's got strengths that I don't have and vice versa, and that has played out on a daily basis in our marriage and raising children, and uh, it that's been very helpful. And important to acknowledge that, you know, it's something as simple as there's things he's better at doing than I am. And that's been effective. Yeah, and you talk a little bit about, it was it interval training that you called it, where you you can you focus on different aspects of your life and your priorities, and those change over time? Yeah. No, that's that's important. You know, there's times where you can keep your foot on the pedal and times you can't. And pick those topics that you want to keep your foot on the pedal on, either you know, your, your publishing, your publications, or, you know, the first few years of my career, it was just simply solidifying my surgical skills. I just wanted to take care of patients for two or three years. And that's what I did. And over time, you know, it changes. You have different priorities. You have different goals. And um, you have to be willing to accept the fact that you can't do all things at all times. Right. But not, as you said, that you have to sort of accept that you can't have it all. No. No, it's just, it's, and I think surgeons are particularly gifted at this concept of time management and compartmentalization. So the question of having it all just never really came up. What came up was like, okay, <clears throat> we're going to back off on that a little bit, and we're going to focus on this right now. And um, so I think in some ways, it's a, in many ways, it's an advantage to be a surgeon because of just the general mentality of us as a group. And I think you heard that theme in the, among a number of people in the video of, you know, at this point in my life, I'm going to be doing this part and hold off on that. Um, and then at a different part of my life when those priorities have changed, the kids have gotten older or whatever, there's a different sense of time dynamic that then now is the time to really promote this other part of my career that went on hold a little bit at the beginning. And there was several of the of the speakers in the video that I think uh, discussed that or articulated that that point. Yeah, and it's not like you <laughs> set out to to marry another surgeon as a strategic choice, right? I mean, this isn't like, it's something that that happens, right? You fall in love with who you fall in love with. You're in, around the people you're around. Um, and then and then you figure out a way to make it work. But, you know, one thing that that I think is, is fascinating about surgeon couples is that you have that shared language. Um, and some people talk about, well, you know, you, you, you go into surgery and then you marry another surgeon and then all you talk about is surgery. Isn't that just horribly boring? But I, I don't think that that's the case. Well, we also heard from a number of people in the video, and I think it's true, I think we appreciate this as a couple, that there are significant advantages of being a two-surgery career couple. Um, we understand each other. We understand the tensions and the pressures that exist I think we understand uh, much better when 
one of us is worried about a patient and has to leave whatever we're doing at home to take care of that, we understand really what that means and how we feel. And I think we are therefore much more able to tolerate those kind of things in our relationship than we probably could if one of us wasn't a surgeon or wasn't a physician. And it's just hard for people, I think, that don't do what we do to understand that particular aspect of it. Um, and I think many of the couples on the video articulated that point. I would agree with that. I think there there honestly has never been a moment where I felt Chip gave me grief for being called into the hospital and vice versa. It's just, if anything, it's empathy. And um, I think, and I think that's a huge advantage. Yeah. Just the power of that and that the satisfaction of that shared experience. Yeah. And the other thing that's just an editorial comment that's really fun in our working and professional relationship is we many times interact in the operating room and do cases together. Oh, really? And I've often said, we're best together in the <laughs> operating room. <laughs> and I think that's true. Yeah, yeah it didn't yeah. come up. I think that's been something that's been unique in our relationship because of the intersection of our fields. And that may be different than many other surgery couples that we heard from is that we actually had, particularly in Virginia, when Laura was spending more time doing clinical work, we actually interacted a lot clinically. And so we did a lot of complex pelvic surgery together. And I learned a lot from her and her partners about doing pelvic surgery and things. And so we had that whole other part of our relationship that was unique to to sharing a specialty in surgery and taking care of the end patients. Yeah. Yeah, how extraordinary. I mean, I I think... Other than home, you know, where you have that intense, like, relationship. I mean, the OR is the other place where you have that feeling, right, mm-hmm. of of everybody sort of in it together um, for a person. Um, so what a fascinating thing to be able to have the, that, that dynamic at home and at work, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, with the same person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think of the couples that we interviewed um, – you know, C.W. Aker and Mimi Wynn work very closely together and have built a joint clinical program in mm. complex thoracic surgery where he's the surgeon, she does all the complex anesthesia for the patients, and have both a joint clinical and academic career around that. And so they have the same dynamic in the sense that they are both work and home partners. Yeah. Yeah, what an amazing opportunity, yeah. right? If you really, it's been if really you like fun. someone to work, with, if you yeah. like them enough to live with them, I mean, it's probably yeah. fun to work with them too, right? Yeah, yeah, no, right. it's it's. I think Chip said it beautifully in the sense that you know I've learned a lot about colorectal surgery in the last thirty years, and uh, the same for him for gynecology. So that's it's just been fun. Yeah, partnerships all around. Well, thank you so much for joining us cool. today. You're welcome. Thank you, John. Thank you. Join us next time. When I speak with Dr. Dan Abbott, he's an associate professor here at UW-Madison specializing in surgical oncology. He talks to us about his research on socioeconomic disparity in cancer patients. We discuss the unfortunate truths around the costs of cancer care and the reality of how expensive medical care can truly be. The Surgery Set is a production of the Department of Surgery at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. This episode was produced by Chelsea Johnson and me, Jonathan Kohler. It was recorded by Chris Hansen and edited by Elizabeth DiNovella. Our theme song is On Wisconsin, arranged and produced by Jamie Schmidt. I encourage you to visit us at surgery.wisc.edu, where you can find links to Grand Rounds, free CME credits, and more. 
You can also check out the UW School of Medicine and Public Health video library for a wide range of medical education resources at videos.med.wisc.edu. In addition, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. And of course, you can follow us on social media. You can like our Facebook page and also find us on Twitter at Whisk Surgery, and I'm at J.E. Kohler, K-O-H-L-E-R. Please feel free to let us know how we're doing, rate and review us on your podcast app, and don't hesitate to let us know of any topics you'd like us to cover. Thanks, and we hope you check back soon. Wisconsin.